The stories that we've told each other since the beginning of time have felt, at least in some small part, real. Even if they take place on different worlds, in a different time, with different cultures and events, they still feel like real places. Even though they aren't. I mean, you can make up just about anything to put into your story. So then why does it seem like people care about the continuity? Why do people care that what happens is consistent? I mean, anything can happen, so who gives a shit? Well, maybe. Let's talk about it today on Why Are You Talking About This? Nerves. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Waytad Nerd. I am your host, William, and I will be your canonically accurate host this week. Compared to biblically accurate. Uh, but before we get into the episode, uh, I would like to thank you very much for watching. It means the world to me. Even if you're only listening, because it is your canon event that leads you to eventually saving the world or being the king of demons. Is that joke still a thing? I, I don't know anymore. I think I'm getting old and memes don't really make any sense to me anymore. Anyways, um, it's also about time for me to advertise way too early about episode 40. Um, I know it's episode 28, but send in emails for things uh, to talk about in that episode. It'll sneak up on you. Um, also, for more context on uh, what exactly I'm talking about, why episode 40 is so special... Um, Go back and listen to the run-up to episode 20. Um, I think I actually started that one on, like, episode 10, maybe, uh, about um, why that episode is going to be so weird. Um, but beyond that, uh, if you want to help me be able to get out episodes more often with better quality and less mentally destroyed, and also without a headache like I have now, uh, make sure to support the show and help it grow. Uh, and you can do that on YouTube by commenting, liking, and subscribing on podcasting platforms by sharing the show with your friends, giving it a review, and making sure to download and listen. Um, and you can... I mean, I don't really care too much about Twitter, um, but you can follow me on Twitter and uh, send in emails to keep in touch with me. And uh, also to tell me to go fuck myself to my face. Uh, but with that, on to the show. Alright, so this episode we're going to be talking about canon. Which is a topic, depending on your opinion, that is either total bullshit or the only thing in fiction that 
really truly matters. But before we get into those and start fighting each other about it, uh, let's go over some of the definition and some basics surrounding canon and the very closely related idea of continuity. Beginning, of course, with definitions. Uh, but first, to define continuity. Uh, this is simply the consistency of characteristics of people, plot, objects, and places seen by the audience over a period of time. Uh, it also usually means, in general, having a set of events that take place in the same universe or in a particular order. Uh, which is just, you know, how a story works. Uh, continuity isn't usually all that controversial. I mean, unless you fuck it up. When it gets fucked up, people will be very quick to point it out. Especially douchebags on the internet, like me. But the bigger part of this episode is going to be canon. Which, in general terms, is the general group of laws or principles to guide judgment, and is largely used in religious traditions. In fiction specifically, uh, this is what's considered the primary storyline. Which is usually in reference to what the creator or creators have said are specifically canonical. Like, for example, for Marvel, whatever the current writers have written or have built on in continuity is the truth for the current canon. Usually this is particularly important for larger works with multiple storylines going on at the same time. Again, like Marvel. But there's another important thing to know about canon that your writer friends don't want you to know about. They actually don't control most of the canon. Instead, it's fans, because fans can override the canon and canonize or decanonize certain events depending on their personal tastes and preferences. However, we don't usually call that canon as instead marked as something like official or true, or the primary storyline or the ultimate storyline. It's never really called the canon, but it's called something that implies that's better than the canonical version of what's happening. Uh, which, as you can imagine, makes the canon of some long-running shows and universes much more confusing and difficult to parse through. Uh, making it even more difficult than that already sounds is a clutchel of fuckles of additional terms used in conversations about canon. Uh, most common are the terms fanon and headcanon. Fanon is fan-created fictional canon. Um, also, if you take a shot every time I say canon, you will die. Uh, you should... I I was going to say, if you're going to do that, you should take water shots. You still might die. I say canon a whole lot in this. Um, but fanon um, are things that the creator hasn't explicitly said and aren't in stories, but fans have accepted as part of the canon. Like, for example, if you have a character that you've never once actually said is in a relationship of any kind, but their tattoos match the tattoos of every other married character in their culture, then it makes sense for everyone to just assume that they're married, even if you've never said it. And if they sleep with other people, the fans are going to start throwing all sorts of things around. Uh, from them being a cheater, to being in an open relationship, to having a leveled marriage, to being married out of convenience... It, it all depends on your story and how much of a fucking asshole the character is. Uh, usually the worse, uh, the, the more of an asshole that they are, uh, the worse, like, their reason is. Uh, and again, 
you don't have to say any of it. It just comes out. Um, headcanon, meanwhile, is the personal interpretation of a universe, which, funnily enough, and totally intentionally, is exactly what that marriage speculation would be. If your audience doesn't know for sure, each one of them will invent their own headcanon. And depending on how popular it is, it might ascend to a fanon. But this also relates into something called gray canon, which is canon that's ambiguous in its canonicity. Uh, basically, stuff has been implied, but is not outright confirmed. Or details of the canon that the creator says or is brought up in non-canonical settings. Like, and I can't believe I'm stooping to this level, real life. Gross. But this would include something like if somebody asks you on Twitter what those tattoos mean, and you pull your lore document out from your copy of Gamer Girl Feet Monthly and peel the, and peel the sticky cover of that Daojin you can't open anymore off the back, and you regale them with the fact that these tattoos denote socially acceptable ownership because their culture used to be a slave-taking culture, and to really harness that feeling of miserable hopelessness, they settled with monogamy. I really love threading the needle and making both a boomer and a zoomer joke in the same sentence. Also important are added details from the creator and other creators, beginning with the concept of a closed or open canon. A closed canon is one where officially accepted and used canon isn't coming anymore. Uh, here, the source material is finished, and that's it. The series is over. This would be resolved storylines like the MCU should have been at Endgame, or a show like Death Note. I mean, you can debate as much as you want and headcanon to exist in things like Life Notes, which is an AU or alternate universe of Death Note, but the story is done. It's over. Go home. There's nothing more for you here. An open canon, however, is when new material is being produced or the story isn't resolved. Like... Like, just about 90% of all media that's been produced since the year 2000. Because apparently one of the things that we killed with the new millennium is resolving fucking storylines. But as far as adding details from creators, we have the word of St. Paul, or the word of Dante. A word of St. Paul, which is a little blasphemous, but so is hentai, and that's worked pretty good for us so far, is stuff that comes from secondary creators, where... When they either make stuff based on the primary storyline or say things that later become canon. This would be people who are laid in some way the primary creator making stuff. You know, kind of like St. Paul being homies with Jesus and doing dude bro things together like fist bumping and getting executed by Romans. So with our example from above and running with it because everyone wants to know if the heavily tatted up muscle mommy is married. Let's say a secondary creator makes a storyline following another member of the culture. And he is married but doesn't have tattoos anywhere but his back, and explicitly says that men tattoo their backs and women tattoo their entire bodies when they're married. Which recontextualizes the original story and basically canonizes the marriage tattoos permanently. Even though the original creator didn't necessarily intend that. Word of Dante, however, is stuff that comes from entirely unrelated writers and creators that have been blessed with the ever-so-sacred canon. Much like how Dante's depictions of hell aren't officially recognized by the church, but everyone assumes that's what hell is like. Which is weird since he put a saint there. Yeah, you heard me right. He put a saint there. Saint Peter Celestine. 
Uh, anyways, um, this would be like if in addition to the last thing, a brand new writer that has no relation to either person gets their hand on the ball and decides the and adds the detail that the reason why men tattoo their backs is so that if they're ever retreating from battle, their enemies know to let them go back home to their families, while women tattoo their whole body to show that they're being protected by someone. And if this gets accepted to the canon, then that would be a word of Dante moment. But let's say that the original creator comes back and goes, what in the fuck are you guys on about? and wants to reset everything back to what they had, well, I mean, what are their options? Well, they have two, the retcon and the reset button. So, let's say that's not too far gone yet, so they decide to retcon, or retroactively canonize something. Now, normally this is done on the down low, or it just completely ignores previously accepted canon without really acknowledging that's ever happened. So the creator comes back and reveals that these actually aren't slave, marriage, mercy, or threat tattoos. That instead, this particular culture started tattooing their bodies earlier than most and took it as a cultural signifier. And now whenever you have a major life event, you add to the tattoo. And instantly, everyone's disappointed and sad until the creator feels some kind of mercy for them and reveals that the reason he did that is because he likes muscular tattooed women in a tweet. And then he shares commissioned official pornography. Totally not wishful thinking. You'll also never find the, uh, uh, like the media that I'm talking about because it doesn't exist, unfortunately. Uh, anyways, let's say that the canon is way too fucked up at this point for anyone to buy the original creator's canon. Well, then he can press the reset button, which is just entirely voiding changes in canon or resetting the whole thing. Say at this point, the setting has really gotten away from him, and he decides, yeah, fuck it, let's start from the beginning, and presses the reset button, where he rebuilds the canon as an older, more mature, even more horny writer. In this timeline, he forgets the artifice of internet clout, the chasing of money, and the brand deals and movie tie-ins, and sits at his computer, presses delete, and restarts. Or alternatively types up some bullshit that says everything after he stopped writing was an amnesiatic dream of the party wizard that accidentally time-traveled while in a drunken fugue state and would like you to never speak of this again, please. Either way, everyone's upset, but in the first case, it's cathartic. It feels like a return to a simpler and happier time where you create for the joy of creation and not because everyone told you to do something with your life and this is the only thing that makes you vaguely not want to die. Onto the history. Wow, my my man is not doing okay at all. Cheer up, buddy. You'll either go full schizophrenic or become successful. Either way, not your problem anymore. Anyways, this is going to be a pretty short timeline, uh, since there's not really a whole lot of major developments and even the very concept of canon to cover. It, it stayed mostly the same for a long time. Uh, but with that, we start in 3500 BC. Yeah, it's kind of one of those timelines. So, canon is invented around this time, because this is generally when we first start to see scripture invented. Because scripture and canon have always existed side by side, so when we start writing down why God is mad at us and what they look like is kind of when canon is first invented. 
900 years later, in 2600 BC, we have the oldest surviving original scripture ever written. The Kesh Temple Hymn. Maybe. Maybe-ish? We're not entirely sure if this is when it was written, but this is the earliest date we have for it. And then 1100 years later, the first scripture of Hinduism is written. The Rigvedia. Rigvedia. You know, I can't pronounce shit. Uh, and somewhere between the 8th and 2nd century BC, the Abrahamic texts get their origin. I go through all these holy books to demonstrate how fucking old canon is. But this isn't the origins of it being called a canon. This would come around in 382 AD when the Council of Rome is organized. This council basically decided the beginning of the Christian canon after Rome became Catholic. And this was basically meant to consolidate and decide who gets. And this was basically meant to consolidate power and decide what gets to make it into the Holy Bible. Uh, Eleven years later, another council is started, this time in the city of Hippo, where they argue about canon some more and decide the government of the church. The 397 and 419 councils of Carthage were basically interchurch politicking and trying to edge each other out of the uh, special Jeezy Boy Club. And from there, we have the Councils of Florence and Trent, which unify churches and determine how to react to Protestants. And if you know Christian history, the answer is violently. Uh, Canon isn't really used for fictional work for a long time, but is built off of how these events went. Basically have the original scripture and then a bunch of stuffy assholes sit in a room together and argue about it until the least number of them are really pissy and then everyone goes home and accepts whatever they decide as the rules. And we start really using it in fiction in 1911 when arguments about the canon Sherlock Holmes stories, a notoriously canon-dodging series, reached a fever pitch in public perception. It was first used by Ronald Knox in his essay studies in the literature Sherlock Holmes, where he likened it jokingly to the Bible. And, finding it funny, fans of Sherlock Holmes accepted this and began to call and began to call the books they considered to be part of the same telling the canon of Sherlock Holmes, which was pretty quickly actually taken in the rest of fiction. Then, over the next few decades, the rise of comic books being printed and produced fairly inexpensively, we saw a massive explosion in the variety of stories being told in fiction, most popular for the medium being superheroes. And from their rise in the mid to late 1930s all the way to the 1980s, there was essentially no canon. Uh, most writers during their time in the hot seat got some wild shit approved that would vanish by the time the next writer would come in. Like how Superman used to be able to shoot miniature Superman from his hands. Yeah. He could do that. I think he only did that once as well, which, I mean, that's fair. That is a weird power to have. Um, or how the giant coin in the Batcave was supposed to be just, like, a one-off, like, visual gag, and then it got, and then it stuck around because I, I think it was that, like, someone at DC actually liked the gag and decided, like, oh, yeah, yeah, all the, all the illustrators have to do this now. Um, or like how Marvel had two human torches at the same time with different origins and personalities and just were entirely different. Um, one of them was an android. The other one was Johnny Storm. 
Um, if I'm remembering right, they chose to resolve that in, like, the weirdest fucking way possible, where it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Vision is actually the robot Human Torch, who doesn't have firepowers anymore for some reason. And uh, he, like, we buried an empty casket for this robot when he died. And, like, someone stole the... Anyways. Um, or, you know, how DC took over Wiz Comics and then folded Captain Marvel in their stories with very little explanation. Nowadays, he's called Shazam. Um, and for DC, this was solved kind of with the very first reset button used in comics. At least the first one that was ever announced. In 1985, they decided to clean house with an event called Crisis on Infinite Earths, where it was revealed that every contradictory storyline in DC wasn't a mistake, dear reader. No, 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 no. They were all different universes, not mistakes. Big difference. So, DC had officially become a multiverse. However, that multiverse was collapsing in on itself, and the only way to save it was to condense everything into a single canon. And by golly, by sacrificing a number of very important and very prominent characters, Superman punching reality a goddamn part, and merging several storylines together in-universe, they managed to have a single canon on the other side. And they never had a problem again. Marvel, meanwhile, uh, seeing this and having their own canon issues, decides, to their credit, to not steal this idea, initially at least. For the next 15 years, they attempt to clean up their canon until in the year 2000, they decide, fuck it, this is too difficult because they kept fucking up the canon even more uh, and release the Ultimates universe, which was an attempt to modernize their stories and bring them to a new audience, essentially creating an alternate universe. Not their first one, but still. However, by 2015, they have abandoned this and keep trying multiple reboots, including Secret Wars in the same year. But back in 2011, DC realizes that this shit is still fucked, so they write Flashpoint, where the Flash saves his mom from getting murdered, and it causes a domino effect that causes everyone to have the worst possible timeline. And in fixing the timeline, he fucks up everything and creates the new canon, the new 52, because it originally had 52 series. Um, and then in 2018, I think Marvel tried to do uh, something called Fresh Start, which was their own attempt to modernize again. And, oh man, did not a lot of people like it a whole lot. <laughs> and uh, for the most part, I think they've gone back to some of their original canons. So, you know. Uh, but with that, how do people feel about canon? I mean, comics are notorious for shitty and convoluted canon, so it has to be bad, right? I mean, that's how most people experience it. Well, let's actually take a look at that. Alright, so again, like some episodes recently, the question of canon isn't really if it exists or not. Nowadays, unlike the opinions of people in the 80s and 90s, who don't matter, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I know like I know a good 
number of my audience is, was teenagers in the 80s and 90s. I'm not talking about you. Uh, uh, we've, we basically all accepted that canon is a thing that exists in our fiction. Uh, while back in the day, they'd often argue that canon doesn't matter compared to what their subjective view of the work is, today we have different thoughts. Now we more ask, where does canon come from? Where does it reside? Is it in the balls? Who is its daddy? In the most sexual ways? Because basically the debate falls down to a debate between does canon come from the author's authority to create everything or the fandom's authority to abandon the fandom if there's something that they don't like? And if this is starting to sound vaguely analogous to something, you're you're on the right track. But basically, under the concept of the authorial authority, that's a little bit difficult to say when you when you read it. Uh, the author determines the truth of the story and canon because it's their story. They're the ones telling it, and so they, by definition, get to control the canon until they're no longer writing it. Which sounds fair, right? I mean, very rarely do you get to interrupt a storyteller mid-story to go off on some headcanon bullshit about their writing. However, under the fandom authority, the argument is that they're ostensibly the audience that the story is being told for. Meaning they deserve to not only interpret the story how they want, but also that's a story they want to listen to. Which also sounds fair. And unlike how I might have made it sound, no, this is not a hot debate. At least until someone from one side tries to impose their will on the other, which, again, sounds familiar. Because this actually relates back to the original use of canon. Because imagine in the place of the creators is a god, and the fans are the worshippers. While the god is the center of the faith, it is up to the worshippers to accept or deny it, and often have some sway over its interpretation, uh, depending on what you think of uh, deities being real. Um, the big difference being is that since the internet is a thing, and it has ruined all of our attention spans, and also made everything more accessible, uh, you can slap box God on Twitter.com between videos of people dying, a woman's full vulva just out there, and alt-right rhetoric. Wow, we live in a dystopian hellscape, don't we? But this accessibility to the creators gives rise to the fallibility, which can lead to questions about canon if the author really knows their own story. But let's talk about why that even matters. Alright, so why does canon actually matter? Well, to put it simply, because people give a shit about it. Modern audiences are looking for continuity and a storyline they can follow, or at the very least, consistency. And with the speed of communication and record-keeping capabilities of the internet, it's almost impossible for your fans to not notice canonical inconsistencies. And because of the rise of the internet and the confusing can and the very confusing canon of a lot of media, a lot of fans will be attracted to something that is straightforward and easy to understand. And on top of that, having consistent canon can also help you to write stories. By having an easy to follow and consistent canon and caring enough to maintain it, you have an easy source of draw from 
to draw from to plan your stories out. Also, having this canon can act as a guide for both yourself and your audience so you don't have to explain everything or really explain why the story matters, since the people who are listening to it have full context. But you do need to be careful with it, because much like a deity, if your audience stops caring or finding the canon interesting, they'll probably stop worshipping. Sorry, I mean following. If the canon gets too complicated, then you'll lose people. If it gets too far away from what they like, you'll lose people. If the canon gets too stale, you lose people. Or if your canon dies, or in other words, you stop making new stuff, then you lose people. So you need to make sure to thread that needle. I mean, not that that's, like, especially difficult. But let's... But to talk about that, let's go to the applications. Okay, so it might sound overwhelming to design or look at your canon, but trust me, it isn't. Because you don't necessarily have to sit down and decide to make one. Whatever you create for your story becomes canonical. So the important part of designing or making it isn't to sit down and do it, it's to stay organized in your writing. And how you do that? Well, the easiest way is to write a setting bible and keep it updated so that you don't contradict yourself. Including details that are easy to forget, things that you want to use later or imply, stuff happening outside of the notice of your characters and narrator that still affect the story, and and also employ some fantasy physics. How does this thing work? Why does it work? What the fuck is up with dragons? All of this will help you organize your canon. And if you fuck it up and make some mistakes, I just correct it going forward, and if someone calls you out on it, don't try to make up some shit on the spot to excuse yourself. And one, they know you're not infallible, and also, generally, uh, especially if you're an indie creator, a lot of people are going to have some grace. So it's okay to admit that you didn't have the canon down yet. Or that you just honestly made a mistake. It's also important to keep your to keep character sheets, backstories, and detailed information on your people. Because this keeps your characters consistent, which is the heart of a canon. However, you also need to be careful. Why? Well, because if you overload it, you can't really use it very well anymore, can you? That's one of the biggest problems with massive settings like the ones used by D&D, DC, and 40K. The more you add and the more you track, the bigger the setting and the more and more likely it is that someone will very readily point out how many of your story's issues can be resolved with something you haven't even thought about in years, easily. It's also a higher chance of confusing your audience or crossing wires or, hell, even just making the canon impossible to parse, which has happened multiple times to all three of those canons. So, unlike these settings, bend the canon to your story. Only work on the things their audience already knows or needs to know. And with that, onto the soapbox. Okay, so how much do I care about canon? Well, I mean, not a lot. Kind of? I don't know. It kind of depends. Because on one hand, I'm a real piece of shit about canon. I cannot read comic books because of the con- because of the canonical issues. I hate how convoluted everything gets so fast, and how often 
and how often comic book canon either gets reset entirely or just ignored. Every writer fighting every other writer to give their work some time in the sun, while also stepping on everyone else's. From character deaths to identities and origins and new MacGuffins and storylines being created constantly, it's just tiring. And it bugs the shit out of me. I fucking hate it. But on the other hand, I don't really care about the canon and things like D&D because I usually ignore the canon of whatever role-playing game I'm playing to make my own world. And it's the same with 40k because the point is that the canon is meant to be loosey-goosey. It's a parody and satire of real life and holy fuck is the canon of meat world fucking insane. But it's also meant to be a setting where every corner is a story. Meaning that you can set the camera down anywhere. For me personally, I like to set the camera in a weird spot and just watch the stupid that happens. And on the third hand, I didn't know that I had until just this moment, I really like the canon of settings like Warhammer Fantasy, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, and similar settings. It was also very hard not to just write anime in general, because I like the canon of a lot of the animes that I watch. Uh, where the baseline is simple, but with enough detail that you can make basically anything without worrying about it. And I personally go with this style more than not when I write my own stuff. I don't usually care about it, I don't usually care about the canon besides what I write and the rules that I laid out to play off of and just let whoever sees it create their own opinion on it. So yeah, some not complicated, complicated feelings. On one hand, fuck canon, and I think you should do what you want. But on the other hand, but on the other hand fuck you, and I think you should actually give a shit enough to care about your own story. So uh, yeah, end of episode. Now, this is a surprisingly concise and short episode. Guess being overworked works out sometimes? Anyways, uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast feed, like it, leave a review, whatever else it is you can do on your platform of choice. Send me an email at waytapods at gmail.com with questions, concerns, opinions, compliments, insults, I'm actually your own personal headcamp about what I'm currently doing to your mom, uh, which canons you like, and anything else you want to tell me. Also, follow me on Twitter at waytat underscore pods. Uh, remember to check out my other podcast, Waytat, where I talk about other topics that are, I mean, this week, very late, and is going to be very late, because I have, holy shit, I have a splitting headache, um, but are, are usually the one that's on time. All right, have a good night, have fun, keep writing, and remember... Never stick your dick in a cannon, no matter how many ends it has. This has been Why Are You Talking About This Nerd? I've been your host, William. Good night.